listening to Salam Doll, the podcast where Muslim women don't fit the stereotypes, we break them. I'm your host, Zara Pedersen. You can find this episode and the full archive of all the episodes on zarapedersen.com. Welcome to the show. Salam Doll, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am super excited to introduce to you guys today's guest. But before I do, I actually want to take a moment to say a great big thank you to all of you out there who not only are listening in and giving me the feedback and everything like that, but also because you're taking such an active role in making this podcast great by recommending amazing women to feature in this podcast. I completely, 100% value and appreciate it every time one of you reaches out and says, you should invite this person on, or you should invite this woman, she does this, and no, no, no. I love it. Please don't stop doing it. I see you, I value you, I am so grateful for you for taking the time to do that. And if you're sitting out there right now and you're thinking, hey, actually, I think I might know someone, then please feel free to reach out to me. Find me on Instagram, Zara Pedersen, and send me a DM there. That is kind of the easiest way to reach out to me. So that's why I'm saying my Instagram. But if you don't have Instagram and you'd like to contact me in other platforms or in other ways, I recommend that you go over to my website, zarapedersen.com. And then I have contact information over there, other platforms that you can reach me on as well. So go over there. And if you have somebody that you think would be great for this podcast, please, please don't hesitate. Please reach out to me and let me know so that I can create contact with that person and have them on this podcast, inshallah. Now, with that being said, I am super excited to introduce to you guys a badass Muslim woman I have today on the podcast, Halima de Oliveira. Halima is a public speaker, an author, a business strategist, a philanthropist, and the creator of the Not Without My Hijab play, and also the creator of the Boss Hijabi Society. She empowers professional Muslim women to build boss brands that make a social impact while staying true to their faith. As the CEO of BUNHD, her mission is to provide coaching that inspires her global clients to live bold, authentic, and purposeful lives. Halima believes that if we can improve a woman's self-esteem, her thought process, and economic status, we will positively change the female Muslim narrative drive social impact and raise awareness for an inclusive society. You can find her new book, Pray and Grow Rich, on her website. The link will be in the show notes, so definitely go and check that one out and give her a follow on all of her socials and connect with her. But for now, please do help me. Welcome to the show, Halima. Halima, assalamu alaikum. How are you? Wa alaikum salam. I'm great. I'm Zara. So glad to be here. Uh, it's so good to have you here. Honestly, I've w- when did we when did we meet? Like a month ago on Clubhouse? I think a month. I think a month. Yeah. Club, let me tell you, Clubhouse is, you know, I'm really loving that whole experience and so happy to have connected with you. Yeah, oh no, me too. I'm super enjoying it. And also like the whole connection that that I've been making in there is just absolutely unreal and I'm so happy that I found you and connected with you on there because I think that your work is so inspiring and you oh my gosh your energy is like just next level I my soul was just like yes this woman 
<laughs> this woman let's get to know her <laughs> so um but um just for the listeners i've already given a little introduction of who you are and what you do but in your own words could you just kind of um share a little bit about yourself sure just regular old halima de Oliveira from new york city um and uh, i have a business it's called bunhd llc that i started four years ago and my mission is to ensure, um, you know, that we provide proven strategies and tools and resources for female entrepreneurs and thought leaders uh, globally. So, you know, initially, um, you know, I was just doing the local thing, the tri-state area. And as the business has grown and evolved, um, it's now global. Um, and, wow. you know, we do that through a few ways. You know, I hold online classes uh, pretty much weekly. Um, and, you know, I also have a couple of books that I've written that are all around the empowerment of women and girls of faith through entrepreneurship. Oh, I love that. This is just like right up my alley, you know, just the 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 female empowerment in and of itself right there is just like a whole subject. <laughs> and I'd love to delve into that one with you for sure. You know, I, I, I want to ask though really quickly, so you do weekly classes. Is that included in the clubhouse ones that I know that you do? No. So, you know, the clubhouse ones are really, you know, it's like the give back. So, you know, I think, you know, just as, you know, a Muslim, as a woman, you know, part of my responsibility is to give back. You know, what do I want to give to women that may never be able to afford a coaching, you know, call or, you know, ever encounter me in life, you know, on Clubhouse, on the Internet, IGTV, whatever the case may be. I can give them, you know, a piece of wisdom. I can give them something that they can take away with them and implement in their life. And that's the give back on Clubhouse. Um, What I do outside of that is I have a program, it's called Build Your Boss Biz in 90 Days, that I created for the Boss Hijabi Society community that we have that is for professional um, Muslim women. And, uh, you know, together with Amber Von Gratt, we created this program, Build Your Boss Biz in 90 Days. And basically, we have a weekly uh, call for 13 weeks. Uh, We run through a group of women. Right now, we have about 37 women in this current uh, group that we have together. And basically, we run you through the beginning of your business all the way to when you, you're looking to scale up your business using, you know, things like social media, email marketing, etc. So when you meet me on Clubhouse, you get some of the tidbits that are in that uh, program. Um, just really, you know, it, it's about having fun and, you know, just sharing a little bit of the gift and the light, you know, that Alhamdulillah I've been given. Oh, that's really like really, really gracious of you. And and I really love that that whole idea of also giving back um, to people from time to time when you can. And so that's, I think, where like social media is such an effective tool. And right now with Clubhouse being a new thing, you know, um, that's also such a good way to give back. I want to kind of um, circle back to Clubhouse a little bit later. But right now, I'd actually love to hear how you got started with your business in, in the first place. Sure. So, you know, I I spent 20 plus years in the corporate space working in finance, sales and marketing. It's truly my passion. I love the whole sales piece. I love, you know, getting a person to, you know, see the greatness within themselves and how they can use a conversation to, you know, uh, help them to live the life that they want to live. And what that means is, is, you know, in the whole sales process, there's someone who is selling and then there's someone who is buying. And basically the selling piece, that person, you know, having the confidence, having the knowledge and, and just putting themselves out there is what really sells. You could be selling, you know, a burlap sack right? It doesn't matter what you're selling. Um, If you sell it with confidence, conviction, and you really believe that you are, you know, putting that value out there, 
um, you can, you, you know, you can be great at sales. And so the, the, the side where it, it, you know, it helps, you know, both the person who's selling, it helps their family, it helps, you know, them to, you know, just take a next step up in life. And then of course you have the person who's buying it, what you're selling may help them elevate as well. You know, it may help them do something that they wouldn't have been able to do without the product or the service that you're selling. So, you know, just creating that win-win situation for everyone. So that's my passion. But, you know, being in the corporate space, you know, as, you know, a visibly covered Muslim woman, I came across a lot of different challenges. And, you know, you know, being in an environment where, you know, they're they're expecting what shows up to work to be this and what shows up to work is something else and them not seeing the value in that. You know, I felt it was my responsibility to be able to show them the value in a person who looks like me, you know, thinks like me, you know, you know, sounds like me, that I am a value in that space as well. And it took me having to leave outside of the corporate space for me to be able to do that. And so when you encounter me, that's that's my whole plight. My whole plight is to help the person that is either employed by a company or that starts their own business to show up as the, their full selves. I love that. I love that. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily love that you had to leave the corporate world to kind of make that impact. But, you know, I love the story of it, you know, the that you have value and the things that you say have value, the things that you do have value. And to fully be able to sort of um, share your message instead of kind of getting stuck in a situation that wasn't entirely to your own benefit, you know, um, and, and to the benefit of others, you know, it's that taking that leap of faith and removing yourself from the situation in order to create that next reality for yourself where you're more valued and your worth becomes more um, obvious, I, I suppose. Is that is that a way you could say like for for those of for those of you um for the for the people that you serve so i think that that's very interesting i want to ask though don't you think that you could have like do do you not think that if you'd stayed that you could have been able to do the same i do um but i don't think that um that wasn't in my color that wasn't in my my story Right. So uh, there are women that I speak to today and that I encourage them, you know, their 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 plight is not to go into entrepreneurship. Right. Their plight is to stay within, you know, the corporate space. And so, you know, my plight as, you know, a person that's on the outside, for me, I felt like I could make a greater impact on the outside. Right. Um, in yeah. Right. So helping someone on the, uh, you know, inside. But if I were to go back, so like, say, if I were to go back, you know, almost now, you know, 25 years in the beginning of my career, I would have absolutely spoke up and I would have absolutely been the person that would have created, you know, the, the space, uh, you know, for, um, that, but that wasn't my story to, to tell. My story was to go out and uh, make the impact, you know, from the outside, um, you know, in, and there were other things that I was passionate about that were a uh, conflict with my corporate job. So there was that too. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that because that's the, as you say, you know, that's like the fate. That was the the way that you were meant to travel. You weren't meant to stay there because by you leaving, you were then able to set up a company that can help the people who might not, as you say, have that entrepreneurial journey ahead of them, and then you know help them stand a little bit stronger in their own path and with their voice and their story. And I think that that's very inspiring. And I love that you do that for work. I'd love to speak into that a little bit because I think that really heavily falls in under you know 
the topic du jour, you know, with female empowerment, you know, I think we're hearing so much about it lately. And I think only, I don't want to say recently, recently, but sort of in the last couple of years, have we really heard the the term female empowerment being used for Muslim women as well? Um well, certainly here in sort of Europe, I can't really speak um, for everywhere else in the world. But could you speak in on that a little bit? Sure. You know, um, shameless plug, but um, it is definitely probably covers about 85 to 90 percent of my new book, which is Pray and Grow Rich, A Faith Choice, um, How to Achieve Massive Success Without Compromising on Faith. And basically, I am speaking to the Muslim woman. I am speaking to the Muslim woman and how can we use almost our God-given right to exist right, uh, to our benefit, uh, both in the dunya, so in our worldly life, and also um, how do we use, you know, the, what we're doing here in the time that we're here in this worldly life to, uh, you know, kind of fund our akhira, right? So mm. to, you know, uh, showcase, you know, hey, this is what I want in the akhira, and what am I doing in this life that leads up to that? And I think, you know, uh, what has, what the push has been is that we are absent from a lot of these conversations, but we do exist, and we do want these same things that, you know, know, some, you know, some people that come from other faith traditions or cultures, etc. We want the same things as them, but we are, you know, someone else has told the world uh, what we want. And so now the reason why you see this, you know, this big, you know, push for female empowerment for Muslim women is because we're taking our voice back and we're taking our narrative back and we're saying, no, not only do we want this now, but this has always existed. And, you know, in my book, I lead back, you know, to the mother of the believers, Khadija radiallahu anha. She was the first. Right. So, you know, she was the one who's, you know, who helped us to, to paint the blueprint you know, that this is what is possible for us. You know, we can have all of these roles. We can exist in all of these roles and still be amazing and great. Um, and it is not one of these roles that makes us great or one role better than the other. It's the collective that make us great. You know, us being able to, you know, use our lives for the benefit of these different, um, you know, areas of our lives. And I think, that's where we're seeing like, it's almost like female empowerment for Muslim women. And it's like, oh, this new thing. And it's only new because we're like, wait a minute, you know, you keep painting this picture of us in media, you know, wherever. And that's, that's not who we are. You know, we've always been in these type of roles. We just haven't, you know, and I think what's, what's happened with you know, we talk about social media. So we're talking about Clubhouse, right? So, you know, it's a social media platform. What it is, is uh, there's no barrier now to entry, whereas before we had to kind of wait for media to want to cover us, which if you really looked at it, they didn't want to cover us. We were too controversial for them to cover. And now with social media, guess what? There's no cap. There's no barrier. I don't have to wait for XYZ, you know, to cover me. I can cover myself. And just like what we're doing right now, right? So Zara has her own platform and, you know, alhamdulillah, she invited me and we can create our own conversation. We can ask our own questions and, you know, be able to put ourselves out there. So I think, I, I pray that that answers your question, number one. And then number two, like, you know, just, you know, we're, 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 we're changing what people think. We're not necessarily changing what we've already been doing. Mm. 
Oh, it's, it certainly answers the question in, in a lot of different ways. And I, I actually also think it opens up to so many more questions, you know, because you said, for instance, um, that, um, you know, we were not invited into the conversations, you know, um, people like conversation was being had about us. And now, you know, we're, we're able now to, to actually join the conversation and change the narrative. And I always found that to be so intriguing. Um, why do you think we weren't invited into the conversation? And why do you think we have to fight so hard to make a point of being in the conversation when it's us that it's about? I think it's so many things, you know, it's not one specific thing, but I think the fact, you know, that one, we claim Muslim, right? So Muslim is not something that, you know, in mainstream society, right, that is accepted. You know, we're seen as like the enemy number one, uh, you know, we're seen as judgmental, like, you know, because you're not Muslim, we can't talk to you. Like, you know, there's just so, like, there's so many layers, um, you know, to, to, to why, you know, we're not invited to these um, spaces. But one of the things that I noticed when I started my business four years ago is that I wasn't invited because there was they didn't know what I was going to say. Was I going to follow the agenda or was I going to add something different and take the conversation in a different direction? And even with all of this, you know, female empowerment, there are still spaces where we're, we're not invited. You know, even on Clubhouse, when you look even when you look on Clubhouse, there are very few of us that are invited to these mainstream conversations. Right. So like, yeah. you know, when you come to like my room or, I, you know, if you know, you have a room, I go to your room. Right. What ends up happening? It's open to everyone, but what ends up happening is we see more of us, which I'm I'm okay with, you know, right? So <laughs> representation is so important, right? But it's like, you know, uh, someone who is from, you know, another faith culture or, you know, whatever, right? They don't feel as if they can come in, but we don't fe- we we don't have that, you know. If there's a mm. conversation that we want to know about, I want to know about real estate. I want to know about this man. I'm going in that room and I'm joining that, you know, conversation. I think, you know, there's the reason why this conversation is important, and the reason why a lot of conversations uh, in in showcasing Muslim women is is showcasing, hey, we can be a part of these conversations, and this is what we would say. Like, I don't. You've been in quite a few rooms with me where you know someone from a different culture or faith tradition comes in and they go, wow, wow. I remember this vividly. This was like a month ago. A woman came in the room and she was like, wow, wow, wow. I had no idea that Muslim women talk like this or that they had these ideas. And, you know, I, I, you know, I was so glad that she was in the room, one, to be able to see it. But then it just further, uh, you know, showed me, hey, we need to show up even more. I need to, I need to create that made me. So I was doing Clubhouse two days a week. That made me go to three days a week. Um, And I said, you know what, I've got to move something around and create another hour in my schedule to show up because they need to see that we we do have a voice. Number one, we do care about many of the same things that they care about and that we need to be represented as well. And I think the conversation is twofold. So one, we're creating our own uh, space. Right. So we're creating our own table, our own space um, and all are welcome. Right. But we have to create our own space because we have to control the conversation um, that's about us. So that's number one. Number two, um, before it used to be we want to be invited, we want to be invited, we want to be invited to their table. And now not so much. I don't want to be invited to your table um, to fill a quota because that's now what's happening. So now we see, you know, this multi-trillion dollar opportunity. You know, when I walk in with my hijab, I'm a multi-trillion dollar opportunity for someone, right? 
um, you know, in the, you know, now the halal industry is now this, you know, you know, this money, uh, you know, uh, you know, thing, money right? machine, <laughs> money machine. Exactly. Now they see, wait a minute, Muslim women do spend, you know, money on, you know, makeup on clothes and how much money we spend a year on these things. Like our appearance is very important to us. And so, you know, we might go shopping, you know, drop a, you know, a few hundred or a thousand, you know, dollars a month. And so now it's like, oh, wait a minute, you know, we can, we can, you know, squeeze something out of this particular demographic. And so now what I've noticed is, am I being called to this room because of what I know, or am I being called to this room or on this platform or put on this flyer because it fills a quota and it, and it shows the diversity, uh, you know, thing too. So there's this girl, uh, <laughs> this, you know what I mean, is opening up a whole, you know, other, you know, topic. We could go in so many directions here. Yeah, no, but I love that. I love that you opened up that topic as well, because I think you're absolutely right, you know, um, but, you know, that's diverting a little bit. But I mean, it's so interesting to find out that all of a sudden we've become like that, that commodity that people want. Um, but 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 because of our spending power, <laughs> because we can add value, you know, monetized value to people, you know. Um, but I think it's so interesting what you also said before that, you know, the, the whole before we were have we kind of had to wait for people to invite us into the conversation now we can demand our conversation and actually just set up the conversation in places like clubhouse or facebook or instagram or wherever um but i, I do find it to be quite curious because i it's so funny because when you were sitting there and talking about sort of like how there is still i mean uh, i'm you know not saying it exactly as you just said it but you know there is a divide you know you can definitely feel that the muslims tend to stay in the muslims not a lot of non-muslims enter those rooms and you know these bigger um uh, what did you call them like those mainstream type rooms where all the big entrepreneurs and whatever else is sitting in there um we're not being invited into those conversations how do we get ourselves invited in there like how do we become is it by persistently just chasing our own should we even try and get involved in those conversations if if we're not being invited i mean is it is it that important for us to sit at that table or is our table actually far more important even if the other ones are not on board. I'll be honest with you. You know, I used to fight to, um, you know, be at those uh, tables. And for me, in the last couple of years, I'm making my own table. And it's important for me to build up um, my own. It's important for me to speak to the Muslim woman. It's important for me to empower her. Because here's the thing, and I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. So, you know, I go probably, you know, not now, but, you know, when the world was open, right? Pre, you know, pandemic, right? Um, mm. I used to go to at least five or six uh, seminars to go and learn, right? So this is talking about, you know, leadership development, business development, even personal development. I used to go to, you know, at least five or six of them a year. And here's one thing that I noticed with those. First of all, there's, uh, you know, very few, if any, uh, Muslim ones. So specifically for Muslim women, and I'm talking about entrepreneurship. We do great on the faith side, but we don't talk much about entrepreneurship when it comes to Muslim women, women of faith, right? And so what was missing at these particular events was one representation of us. So I would apply to be a speaker at these particular events. So it wasn't like I wasn't trying. I was already going to, I was going to go to the event regardless. Mm. But I also wanted to, I felt like there were people that I needed to 
that needed me to be, you know, on stage front and center for them to be able to see me. And so I applied as a speaker and I always got shot down. Um, it was always like, you know, okay, I speak on faith and finance. That's what I speak about. And, you know, initially it was like, well, should I put the faith or should I just talk about finance, sales and marketing? And then it was like, no, that's who I am. And when I open my mouth, it, that's what's going to come out. Um, so why should I shy away from who I am? I did that in the corporate space for 20 plus years. It didn't serve me. Right. So why would I then start a business, which was the reason why I left corporate space in, in, in the first place to diminish and, and denounce you know, what, what I think or what I, what I believe. Right. And mm. so, you know, what, my point in bringing this up is, is we, you know, keep applying. I still apply to be on those platforms. I still do. But at the same time, I realize we have to create our own um, because there, there are things that are unique to us as Muslim women, the way we think, uh, some of the way that we utilize money, like, you know, they're giving us tips on, you know, things, riba. we don't participate in that. We don't participate mm -hmm. in usury and interest. We don't. And so, you know, you know, how do we, you know, stay, you know, true to our faith and, you know, uh, you know, come out into the world. We shouldn't have to diminish, you know, what we believe in our faith to be able to take our seat at the table, the diversity should be honored. And here's the beautiful thing about creating our own table and going back to that conversation about the halal industry, how many banks are now going towards, you know, operating, you know, from halal standpoint, they understand the value of that real estate, huge, uh, you know, going towards that. So um, I think more of us showing up and creating our own tables, people will start to see the value and what we naturally bring to the table because of our belief, because of our um, value system. So, mm. no, I, th I think that's very interesting. And I commend you for, for you know, doing the, the work of applying, because I think a lot of us do feel like, I mean, I, I can speak for myself, but I know that I'm not only one in in this scenario who's almost too scared to sort of offer myself up because it's it is that feeling of like oh as you said like do I have to compromise can I say that you know faith base and all these things and you you almost feel like you have to apologize for it before you've even begun very apropos of what we were speaking of in your <laughs> clubhouse group a little bit earlier um but it feels like you're almost reaching um to be accepted and in reality you don't really need that ac uh, that accept to just go out and do do your thing right the people will come to you when you're being honest and true to your own message right um i want to talk into the female empowerment in sort of um trying to differentiate if there is a difference or at least then if not then try and figure out how does female empowerment look versus Muslim female empowerment look? I mean, is there a difference between the two? Um, should we be sort of focusing on female Muslim empowerment separate separate from female empowerment? Do, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, do I you do. understand the, yeah. I do. And so um, the beauty of, uh, you know, being your authentic self and showing up as yourself is you, there, there are people that have been assigned to you and they are not all necessarily look like you or come from the same faith tradition as you. So uh, what's, uh, you know, so I've, you know, branded myself as, you know, the Muslim business coach, but you know what you would be surprised to find out? Most of my clients are not Muslim, right? So Ooh, I love uh, that. But the beauty of that is, is and, and, and they'll tell you the reason why they stick with me and they stay with me is because I've made faith a part 
um, you know, of, of my whole, you know, strategy, right? So, you know, when we go into these meetings, right, first of all, I've prayed already, right? I've prayed my prayer for the day. So you'll, you know, I'm never in a call like, hey, it's prayer time. Oh, I've got a whatever. No, I've already prayed. And the beauty of it is, you know, we're on a call or something, you know, adverse happens. I'm praying for your business. I'm praying for you. And they will tell you that that is the reason why they were one drawn to me. And, you know, two, they, they knew that I was going to be a person of integrity. So they knew that I was going to treat their business as if they would treat it. So with that, you know, okay, like literally I have the passcodes, uh, you know, to their, their business, you know, like I, like, man, I see the money that's coming and going, right. There are no secrets here. Right. Mm. And, you know, what they say is, you know, we trust you with everything, you know, you, you literally, you could walk away with whatever we've got in our bank account if you wanted to. But we know that that's that's not what you're going to do. And so, you know, I think for me, you know, showing up, you know, as my authentic self, um, you know, has helped me. And so with regards to your question about should female empowerment and Muslim empowerment be a separate thing? I don't think so. You know, I think, you know, female empowerment is uh, female empowerment. Right. And so, you know, the, the difference is, is when you come to Halima's page, yes, I'm going to talk female empowerment, but I'm going to say, inshallah, I'm going to say, alhamdulillah, I'm going to tell you, hey, for those of you who don't, you know, uh, participate in usury, this is your option. So I'm always going to give you, you know, that Muslima that follows me, I'm always going to give her the option that specifically suits her. When you go to some of these mainstream, they can only talk to what they know and not that that's a deficit to them, but what would be the value add to have a Halima up on that stage that can say, yes, absolutely do that. And then for those of you that are in the audience that are Muslim, here's the, the tiny little, uh, you know, tweak that you would make because you don't participate in this thing over here. You know what I mean? That that's mm-hmm. the only thing that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, you know, because, you know, what is happening in female empowerment is necessary and we can all take from it. But there are these small, small things that make a big difference for a woman that looks like me. Perfect example. You go to these events and, you know, there isn't a time to break for prayer. There isn't a a space for, you know, a person who doesn't drink. You know what I mean? Like, it's like happy hour. It's like, man, you know, I can't participate in happy hour. What is, what is, you know, I either have to go into that scenario knowing that there are people that are going to be drinking or I have to remove myself from that and say, you know what, I'm not going to participate in this particular thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there's, you know, there's, there's these compromises or these things that we have to do. Um, you know, I hear it all the time in the corporate space. Hey, uh, we're going out for happy hour. Would love for you to join. Well, me and my hijab are not going to look the same at, you know, the bar and grill uh, as, you know, not. So, mm. you know, there's, you know, there's understanding that there are certain things that are not going to match um, with my faith and that being okay, that you understanding that and that being okay. And I'm, you know, and, and being okay with that. So I think, no, you know, female empowerment is female empowerment, no matter what, but making space for um, other voices that are in the room. So what I'm hearing you say is basically inclusivity. That's like what it comes down to feeling included. Yeah. And, 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 you know, on equity too. So understanding that um, it's, it's not just about, uh, you know, okay, this is better or this is less or anything like that. It's all of them being of value. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, being, you know, being on an equal, uh, you know, plane, uh, we need all of these voices uh, for the world and the society to be great. Every, it, it, the, the, if, if what the, the representation, the voice, the big voices that we hear don't represent all of the society, how do we expect for everyone to benefit from the society? We can't. Mm-hmm. If there's one voice missing, we need to find someone from that voice and include it in the big voices, uh, you know, that are speaking for that particular society in order for it to be successful. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with you on that. And I, I love that that take on it um, because it's one of those things that I personally have also sat with and thought, well, I, I, I don't feel comfortable if, if I can put it that way in sort of trying to be like oh well empowerment is one thing for you guys and then there's empowerment for us that's a different thing and at the same time but empowerment is empowerment and female empowerment is female empowerment like you know despite what religion you're following um but I think that the thing about female Muslim empowerment is just to remember that female empowerment should also be able to cater to uh women of faith and so, um, um, you know, the, the the ones that we will think of more than anything is Muslim because, you know, we do have certain things that we will follow. And that's, you know, from wearing a hijab or dressing modestly, not drinking alcohol, all these things that we, we won't give up to join a community necessarily, you know. Um, so I love that take on it is that it's about the inclusivity more than the more than sort of separating the female the female Muslim empowerment from the rest of the female empowerment group I guess you could say it that way um so I want to ask you um speaking of the female empowerment um if somebody's sitting out there right now a young uh Muslim is sitting out there and listening to this and she's like yeah I I feel like I would love to be feel empowered or I, I don't know how to kind of regain that power for myself do you, what what would you say to someone I know that that's a very big question because I know it kind of depends on each person's individual situation um but if you have anything that you could say to anybody out there who's sitting and listening to this and thinking that they would love to feel more empowered in their life um I think empowerment comes from our beliefs you know our empowerment comes from what we believe to be true And I think we need to give more rise or a person like that would need to give more rise to that voice that's within. Because, you know, even within, you know, female empowerment, like we said before, there's so many different, you know, small, uh, you know, categories, right? We can dissect it into these other categories. And then from there, we can dissect it into even more categories, right? So it's never ending. So Mm -hmm. I think what would need to happen is what's true for you. And then walking into that truth and just being, being that thing. Right. So, you know, and the way that you do that is by continuing to um, make your voice heard and you can start by writing, you know, start by writing. Hey, what are my values? What are my beliefs? What do I what do I hold to be true? And then start to surround yourself. We talked about that uh, earlier today. Right. You know, surrounding yourself with people. And and I love this word. Um, You know, we borrowed this word so many times, but surrounding yourself with like hearted people. Right. So um, I think that whole separating female empowerment and Muslim female empowerment um, is when we're trying to be like minded versus like hearted. Right. So female empowerment is female empowerment, whether you're Muslim or not. Right. That's the idea we're going with. That's the idea Mm. I want to go with. Right. And so the reason why I'm able to go that route is because I'm surrounding myself with like hearted people. And what that means is, is women of faith. 
versus Muslim, Christian, you know, whatever, whatever your faith, you know, tradition is, it's, it's women that hold true to their faith and their beliefs about, you know, creating that foundation in God, right? No matter where you come from, no matter where you come from and us coming together and creating this, you know, collective, um, you know, uh, group of women that are working for the, the benefit of the whole society. I think for me, you know, that's, you know, that, you know, that's that, you know, thing. And so I think for the person who's doubting or for the person who's like, you know, well, you know, I, I want to be empowered. I want to do this, um, is to find out what, what is it, what is it that you value? And then surround yourself with like-hearted people and start listening to things and being around people that, um, you know, kind of light your flame. I think, I think mm. that, you know, they ignite it, you know, help you to ignite it and then they keep it lit. Right. So, you know, that, that, you know, that thing we do in the morning on clubhouse, like Zara, yes, you know, <laughs> that thing we do that that's, you know, for me, that's keeping your flame lit. You guys keep my flame lit because, you know, I know that, you know, when we go out into the world, man, the world can eat us, you know, eat us up, you know, and spit us, you know, right back out. And so we need to be in spaces that, amplify us, amplify our voices, you know, put us up there. You know, I think what I'm liking about, you know, Clubhouse is, you know, creating a space where anyone can speak. I think as women, we don't get to speak in a lot of our, like our day to day, we don't get to speak enough. And so I think, you know, for that person that's doubting, get in a space, get in, you know, get on Clubhouse and, you know, speak, speak up. I don't care if it's hello, good morning, my name is so-and-so. That'll be day one. Day two, come back again. And maybe you say something further, you know, about yourself. I think, you know, for me, it's, you know, for that person, I was once that person. So I totally dig it. Right. I think mm. we, we can all say that, you know, we've been in that space where our voice wasn't heard. And so for me, it's important for me to not only speak up for myself and in speaking for myself, uh, there's a poem. It's by Marianne Williamson, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like, you know, um, you know, allowing your light to shine so that um, others can do the same. Like, I've got to turn on my switch every single morning that I decide to go onto Clubhouse because, you know, by God's grace and mercy, I am, you know, possibly, you know, giving, you know, passing that torch on to someone else and allowing their um, light to shine, allowing their flame um, to be lit. So we never know, you know, the value that we're bringing, but we do need to know that we each bring value. Each of us has something um, to give. I love that quote. And, I, and I, I just love that that take on it as well, you know, in order to let somebody else, you know, um, shine and, and, you know, get their message across. Sometimes it requires that you, you know, get the ball rolling first and, and start with your message and give them the platform and the space. And I have to agree with you. I do think that Clubhouse is quite a, a unique tool, new social media tool, because it allows a, a I believe at least, a far deeper connection um, with the strangers online that I wouldn't have gained from Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any of the other apps um, because it's not visual. It's not visual. Um, it is only audio. So you have to focus on what the other person says. And I think that that really creates a safe space for a lot of people in, especially the ones who don't necessarily want to do the whole photo shoot selfie all that good stuff you know I can't I can't relate to that because I am totally a photo shoot selfie type of person <laughs> but, you know. girl me too <laughs> right <laughs> but um but I love that the space gives that or that that app gives that space for those people but what I think also 
helps and and this is my personal experience and I'd love to hear also from you um I actually feel that the app um is another a really effective tool let's put it that way to help empower female Muslims as well because it is a safe space none of the conversations are recorded and so in the in there already you know we've had conversations about mental health life after divorce sex um all all these things that we wouldn't necessarily be writing a long post on instagram about because oh shame shame right um so do you see that as well or like um, i i definitely see that <laughs> i do see that and um i do agree with you um i think that the fact that the app is not visual allows us to remove the facade because i even feel like you know i'm 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 totally out there i'm totally like an open book but i notice that i show up even better on clubhouse than i would on an igtv or you know some type of live because you know you're dealing with the visual piece i've got to show up and i've got to look a certain way because i want to come across a certain way it is who i am right so i'm very bougie very you know sophisticated right fabulous um, so, fabulous yes yes i love the fabulousness of it all right but at the same time i feel like you know um some of that the message uh you know gets lost and i think think with, you know, same thing with a podcast, you know, when you're doing a, you know, a podcast, it's just your voice. And that person is, you know, just listening to your voice. And as you said, they have to pay attention to what you're saying. And I feel like, you know, for Muslim women, um, it, it speaks to, you know, you know, we cover, you know, so, you know, there's this hijab piece uh, that we have. And I think that the whole hijab piece is, it takes away from the visual, right? It takes away from the visual facade. And now we're seeing this on Clubhouse, right? So we're mm. having this experience on Clubhouse where now you have to, my intellect is on display, not my outer, uh, you know, beauty is not on display, right? So what I look like, you know, in this case doesn't matter. It's what I'm saying, you know, out of my mouth that provides the, the value, right? And so I do, you know, I 100% agree that, you know, Clubhouse is, you know, for providing that a podcast, um, as well, you know, um, provides that. And I also think that, um, as you said, the, the, the next layer of that is that it helps us to be more vulnerable and open, but there's a positive that's coming out of that vulnerability. It's allowing us to shed, you know, those layers. It happened this morning, right? So for you afternoon, but for me this morning, right? But it <laughs> happened this morning, like those women, they were able to shed and they were able to have their voice heard. And in them having their voice heard, they became empowered in that moment. You could hear it in their voice, how they started. They started with not as much confidence. And by a, the end of a 45 minute to an hour conversation, you know, it's almost like you could, you could see through, you know, the airwaves that they stood up and that, mm. that they were empowered in that moment. I can continue. I can do this, um, et cetera. Right. Mm. And I think, you know, like you said, it's an opportunity for us to share stories. You know, one of the things that I notice with us as women is that when we share stories, um, it allows us to say, you know what, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one going through this. I think one of the sisters said that this morning, you know, you feel like you're on this island by yourself. And when you come into rooms like this, you're open, you're vulnerable. You see, you know what? I'm not the only one. There are other people that are going through this with me. And that empowers you too. That empowers you to say, you know what? If they can show up, I can too. And if I show up, I'm, I provide value for someone else. 
So, yeah, I mean, I think we should do like a commercial or like we should get paid for like, you know, amplifying Clubhouse. Like, you know what I, mean? like, I, I really do. But I, 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 I would, I have encouraged so many people to like join. It's just, oh, me too. Me yeah. too. I'm, I'm a huge fan of it, and I, and I do definitely also agree. I think it is such a incredible platform for more honest conversation. Um, more, more on often than not. Excuse my tongue twisting. Um, more often than not, you know. I hear the women in there saying thank you for finally having this conversation. And I think that there's so much empowerment in that in and of itself, just having the conversation, just, you know, um, uh, acknowledging that these problems exist, that these women need attention, that um, we're also like our stories are also important. And I really do believe that that's part of the empowerment that we need to feel as Muslim women we need to feel heard we need to feel acknowledged and we need to feel as you said not alone so I think that that's absolutely beautiful um Halima unfortunately we are coming up on time now um but before uh we say thank you and goodbye I would love it if you could share with the listeners where they can connect with you where they can work with you where they can buy your book when it comes out which it will be by the way when uh this episode is live but yeah (laughs) Thank you so much uh, for the opportunity. Um, I really enjoyed uh, this conversation and I love you, of course, right? Oh, I love um, you too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, we always have like, you know, these like, you know, inspiring uh, conversations and deep, you know, I feel like we go deep, uh, you know, with these conversations. Um, but you can uh, find me, uh, my name, so Halima de Oliveira. So it's just www.halimadeolivera.com. Um, pretty much every single thing that I'm doing is on my website. I do love to hang out in the two places we've mentioned here, which are Instagram and Clubhouse. Um, I am on Instagram every single day, uh, just, you know, offering tips for business and also uh, faith. And then um, on Clubhouse, I'm there Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday um, for an hour, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday and Tuesday and 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time um, on Wednesday. And just talking about empowerment, you know, for women in business. There's 3 p.m. Uh, if you're in Central European time and four, uh, and 2 p.m. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice, time. nice, nice. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, pretty much an open book. You can always, you know, DM me on Instagram. I answer, you know, um, and yeah, we're just we're just it's about having fun and, you know, uh, creating space for one another. That's what I feel. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. We're going to link to everything that you've mentioned in the show notes. So for those of you out there who's interested in um, linking up with Halima or interested in working with her or getting her book, which I am definitely going to get myself a copy of when it comes out, um, then go check the show notes, follow, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And by the time, as I said, that this episode will be out, um, Halima's book will also be out. So make sure you go and grab a copy of that. You know, just by following Halima on Clubhouse and on Instagram, the amount, I tell you guys, the amount of knowledge and tips and advice you know this woman drops it you know for free I just can't even imagine just how much gold will be in that book so you know as a self self-employed entrepreneur I know for a fact that I'll be getting that book and um you know just taking notes <laughs> the whole day <laughs> so, I love it thank you so much Sarah <laughs> thank I you appreciate it
Yes, thank you so much for coming. It was an absolute pleasure speaking to you and I'll speak to you soon, inshallah. Salaamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. If you want to connect with me elsewhere, you can find the links to my socials on zarapedersen.com. Before you go, I'd love it if you could leave me a review or tell a friend about the podcast. And if you're new here, you might as well subscribe. You'll be back. I know it. You know it. There's no point in delaying the commitment. Welcome to the sisterhood, babe. Until next time, please don't forget to live in love.